Welcome to Courage to Create, a podcast for those choosing to live and lead from heart, soul, and desire. I'm your host, Claudia Whitney, a certified hypnotherapist and life and business coach for women. And I'm obsessed with supporting you on your path to living a more abundant, expanded life of purpose. I believe we were born to go big, and each week you'll hear inspiring interviews from passionate souls that dare to create their bold stories. And it's my hope that after hearing stories of truth, courage, and desire, you'll feel called to rewrite a part of your story that may be holding you back from living a life of your wildest dreams. Hey there, welcome back. Today, I have another friend on my podcast, and I was just thinking, man, I have a lot of cool friends with a lot of magic to share, and that's pretty cool. I've been really lucky to have so many incredible women surrounding me for many, many years. Men, too. (laughs) I've had some pretty cool men in my life, too. And I just celebrated my birthday, and we just got back from a camping trip at a music festival called Lightning in a Bottle. I was with family and friends, and I'm just feeling really blessed. On my birthday, my actual birthday, my husband was still away because he was completing a project that he did at the music festival. And I took my son to school that morning and I came home and I just sat in silence, which is so nice around here because it doesn't happen often. But I sat in silence for a long time and I felt so complete, like my life was just so complete and perfect the way that it was. I mean, I have dreams. I have desires. I have goals. If you know me at all, you know that I'm a dreamer. And underneath it all that day, underneath it all was this awe. I'm just in awe of what I've created for myself. And because I can look around and see all this evidence in my life of what's possible, it just helps me to settle into my knowing and my belief that all I want is basically already here and more is coming and it will come in the right time and in the right way. I don't know. I'm 47 years old and it feels weird to even say that number out loud. Like, man, I've been on this earth for 47 years and all the lessons I've learned along the way is just blowing my mind. I think I'll do a solo episode on this. What do you guys think? All my little nuggets from my 47 years of life. If you want to hear about it, let me know. Send me a DM. Uh, I've gotten so much great feedback on my last solo episode, so maybe it's time to do another. Well, today is not a solo episode. I interviewed Tanaya Milgram and we talked about so much good stuff. She shared so openly about her dating experiences. We talked about vulnerability, anxiety and depression, and how the truth has set her free. We also talked about anger, um, hate, communication, and so much more. I was really surprised at where our conversation went. It was so much fun and I think you'll really get a lot out of it. And before we get into it, I have one spot left on my Woman Unleashed retreat. You might be someone like me who signs up for things like right at the last minute. And if you are, reach out to me and you can adventure with me to Joshua Tree in sisterhood with coaching and transformational workshops, healthy healing foods, vulnerable conversations, s'mores under the starry night sky. Doesn't it sound so, so, so delicious? <laughs> well, it's going to be. So reach out to me. Uh, there's a link in the show notes or just DM me on Instagram or Facebook and I'll get back to you. Okay, y'all buckle up and enjoy my interview with tonight. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. Today I have my friend Tanai Milgram. And tonight I was thinking about 
how we met. I know that we met through Desire and Fire. And if you've listened to the podcast or you know me at all, you'll hear me talk about Desire on Fire. And I'm a part of that community. And I know that's how we met, like virtually. And I think the first time we met in real life was at the Hollywood Forever Cemetery and we were watching Clueless. Was that the first time? Or am no, I- the first time we met was at the first retreat of the Desire on Fire retreat. Yes. Isn't that crazy? And the fact that it's only like three years ago when it feels like 10 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're right. I, I don't even know why I forgot about that because it was racking my brain. But of course that was when we first met because that's when we really bonded. Okay, this is good. I'm glad that we I'm glad that we cleared this up. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it, with the pandemic, it's so strange. It's like life before pandemic. We were different before the pandemic. So yeah, it does feel like I was someone else and you were probably somebody else. Yeah. And also just with all the virtual stuff, like I've been a part of so many conversations, virtually programs, my own programs, other people's programs, Yeah, pod leader, you know, we were pod leaders together in a pro in desire and fire um, pleasure mastery program. So there's just been lots of uh, connections and yeah, sometimes we just can't remember. And I think with the pandemic, that's kind of a blur, you know, yeah. that kind of like has blurred my life somehow, like, <laughs> you know, for the last few years. Um, so tonight is a women's intimacy and empowerment coach. She's the hostess of the Commitment Folk podcast. She also leads monthly sensual dinner experiences for women in Miami. So if you follow tonight, you'll know she's a world traveler and you never know where tonight is going to be. And you're so fun to follow because I never know what to expect. I also really love your vulnerability and your authenticity. I actually hired tonight to support me and my messaging and sharing more of myself and my story, which has been such a great learning experience. I so appreciate you for that because I'm really committed right now to showing up more, being visible, sharing my truth. And I felt like I was doing it and I find that I shy away from it, like sharing all of myself or knowing how to do it, you know, like the messy parts and even the parts where I want to like really celebrate myself. So I, I share this because, you know, you are such an, an authentic and vulnerable and raw, real, honest communicator. And I appreciate that about you. And I think that's uh, a challenge for people these days. You know, I knew you'd be an incredible guest here on Courage to Create because it takes so much courage to communicate honestly and to, to really be fully self-expressed and to take it to the next level like you do. I really think that you raise the bar on communication and you do it so beautifully. And I know you teach about this, <laughs> you know, even just in your stories. And so if you want to learn more, like just watching tonight's stories or reading her Instagram post, you learn so much about not just communication, but intimacy and relationships and law of attraction and shame. She has all these topics she speaks on integrity. I know you did like an integrity cleanse that was really powerful. Yes. So first, I really just want you to tell us who you are. And I would really love to, to learn how you started living like this and being so unapologetic in, in your life. Mm. Yeah. Thank you for that beautiful introduction. I was just, it was like meditative to hear you speak. Yeah. So I, like you said, I help women, um, feel that confidence and freedom to express themselves, every part of them, even the parts, especially the parts that feel the scariest to share. And, you know, I always think about that quote about how like we we really 
only push ourselves to change when things get uncomfortable enough. And things really were extremely uncomfortable for me. I mean, I, I was a very defensive person. So I I was like a, a bomb that was always setting off, you know, like everything would trigger me. Everything would, I would have to protect myself from. Like if someone gave me a suggestion for a book, it was like immediate pushback, you know? Um, and so it was really painful because in relationships, I, I would, I never really gave relationships a chance. I, I always ran away from them. And it's not that, it's not that I ran away from people that I wanted to be with. I didn't want to be with them. But what I learned was that I was never really myself in relationships. I wasn't authentic from the beginning and that was creating a cage for myself. Mm-hmm. So when I talk about, I used to have commitment phobia because I, I didn't feel freedom in relationship. It's that I was creating that lack of freedom by trying to be the person that they were going to like. And that would create so much anxiety for me, so much suffering and overthinking in relationships that it pushed me to, to really like say, okay, I have to do something about this. You know, the, the truth really will set me free. So it was a constant practice for me of how can I be more truthful? How can I show more of myself? What am I hiding and what can I expose? So that I could ultimately heal this anxiety and this discomfort that I had in intimacy. Was it the anxiety or was it a particular moment that like was the point, the turning point for you? Yeah. So, so there's a, a couple of turning points. There's the turning point of me seeing like, okay, I'm the problem here. Like I'm the one that's pushing people away. That happened in college. I ha- I was in this like long distance relationship. And when he came to visit me, I like instantly didn't want to be with him. And it was so hard, you know, because it was like after months of speaking, he shows up and I'm like, I don't even want you to kiss me. So that's when I was like, okay, I have a pattern here. Like I'm the one that pushes people away. It's not, you know, it's not them, it's me. And that's when I started doing my personal development. Like that's when I really started looking into how do I work on myself? And then it was last year getting into Martha Beck's work. If, if anyone's familiar with Martha Beck, she is like the OG life coach. And she talks about healing herself from like a life-threatening illness with telling the truth and how she basically like burned her life down and built it back up because, you know, that's what happens when you start living out your truth. And, and that's what I decided to to take on because I found myself in, in a really painful, like gut issues and, and like UTI issues. And I was feeling very like emotionally down because of it. And honestly, like I always tell people that the depression set me free because it's like when you're depressed, you stop caring about things. And so I stopped caring about what people think so much so that I was committed to telling the truths that were even embarrassing to share. So really big moment for me, for example, was um, I was friends with this guy who I knew didn't like me back, but I was committed to continuously embarrass myself in that way with him to set myself free. So I would continuously tell him like, I just want your approval. Or I would keep telling him like, I'm ashamed to show you this, or I want you to like me. Like 
anything that my ego could possibly think, like, why would you say this? This is so embarrassing. Or if he would ghost me, then I would, I would be the one to call where it's like, that's the most taboo thing to do. You know, someone goes to you, like, let it go. But I was on a mission to do the thing that would be shameful to really stop fearing it. It's really interesting that you said that uh, the depression set you free. Like you hit that all time low and you're like, fuck it, <laughs> you know, in a way and saying like, I, there's nothing to lose. Yes. Right? And then you started telling the truth unapologetically and sharing probably really humiliating, <laughs> embarrassing, you know, things probably felt a lot of shame and it set you free. Like, I know that you talk a lot about how being able to tell your story and, and telling it truthfully has given you so much freedom. And so someone's listening and they're like, yeah, but like, I'm not depressed or <laughs> I have everything to lose. Um, you know, what would you share with them or say to help them start living a more truthful life and expressing themselves more authentically? Yeah. To me, truth is one of those things where everything can go back to that. It's like, if you have anxiety, where are you not sharing your truth? If you are feeling insecure, where are you not sharing the truth? It's like, it, it is so powerful that it can go back to that because it's, it's so it's, it's simple enough to say like, we come into this world and we're fully aligned with divine truth. There's nothing that we're hiding. There's nothing that we feel like we need to suppress. So when you live your truth, you're undoing that you're undoing all that conditioning and coming back to that source energy. Mm -hmm. A lot of times when people don't know what they want, a, a really easy way, an exercise to get into is like, start telling the truth. And then you're going to start getting aligned with what you want. That's so powerful. And what it makes me think of is how in the last few years, I've been more truthful in my friendships, my sisterhood, and how that's been really uncomfortable, <laughs> but we're all committed to, you know, saying the thing and sharing like what's most vulnerable. And so, you know, it's a practice of mine now and it's so super uncomfortable. And I think about some of the friendships I have right now where we didn't like each other or they didn't like me or I was judging them. And then we finally got to a point where we just shared what was on our mind. We shared our withholds. And now some of those people are like the closest people. They're the first people that I reach out to. The people that I would like avoid um, because I went you know, down this path of sharing my truth and, and sharing just like what's on my mind and, and knowing that they were just as committed as I, as I was. Um, yeah, I can't believe the intimacy and the bonds it has created for me. And so, yeah, what, what do you want to say about that? Because I know that you- Oh my you gosh, so much. Yeah, I mean, like one of my favorite- things to talk about what like the clients bring up is like not feeling seen in a relationship because that was my constant complaint about all these guys that I would be with. It's like, they just don't see me. And so I, that's when I realized like, Oh, wherever it is that I don't feel seen is because I'm not expressing a kind like a truth. Like I'm the one that's not expressing myself. And then the other thing was that my biggest complaint was always all these men that I'm dating, they don't show me how they feel. They always hide it. And so that's actually like why law of attraction is such a big thing for me because it's like you create the world all the time, mm -hmm. right? Like the way that you show up in the world is the world that, like the way that the world is going to show up for you. So 
what I found for myself is that the more that I told the truth, the more people started telling me the truth. Mm. <laughs> the more that I started seeing, yeah, the more that I started seeing people's vulnerabilities for so many reasons, like on a more practical level, you give people permission. You get like, when you tell the truth, you give pe- people permission to tell the truth. When you put your guards down, there's a safety that's created. And then the more that I tell the truth, the more that I see it and look for it. So it's incredible. Like, like you said, for me too, like the amount, the intimacy in my relationships is like the one area in my life where I can be like, damn, I'm nailing that, you know? <laughs> 10 out of 10, baby. Yeah, totally. <laughs> like, it's not something that stresses me out anymore because it's like, wow, yeah, the more I'm committed to showing myself, the more um, connection and intimacy that there is. That's so beautiful. And it makes me think of my my husband and I, because I think that early on, you know, I was very truthful and shared what was on my mind. And then when I went through early on in our relationship, we've been married almost 10 years now. Um, I found that when I was going through hard times, I wouldn't go to him and I would keep that from him. And then I would like be silently suffering, you know, and he was so good. You know, he was like, we're a team, you know, like we're, we're in this together. If you are not happy, the, the team isn't happy. And so that was something that he really taught me was when I was in my mess, you know, that that was probably the most important time to share my self, you know? Yeah. What do you think gets in the way of that though, for people? Oh my gosh. So many things. I mean, for one, there's like the way that you were raised. Like I was actually just speaking to this woman who her parents are Asian, you know, and like Asian parents are like the kind of like the epitome of parents that raise you telling you what's right and what's wrong. Right. And she didn't feel held or seen in her down and in her, in that tenderness, that part that feels like unworthy and unlovable, you know? So first off is like our, our childhood and whether we were held or seen or felt safe in our down. And then there's the, the conditioning that we get from culture and society growing up, like a really big one for me, because my, my, um, weak points were always with men was all of these ideas of what's attractive to men. Mm. So confidence is attractive and like showing that you love yourself that is attractive and like owning it is attractive and yeah like being sexy is attractive right all these things that that to me like I interpreted as oh I can't talk about my insecurities I can't talk about my fears I can talk about my shame so that's that's what makes it really hard right if you're getting all these messages I think like the be confident and love yourself message is such a confusing one because then you make your shame wrong. Then you make your sadness wrong as opposed to like loving these parts, which is goes back to that's why I, I was committed to tell people I'm ashamed of this or I'm afraid of that because in the sharing, the shame stopped being there. Wow. Yeah, that's so powerful. I just interviewed Leah and she was, I think it was last week she was on the podcast and she talked a lot about this same thing about being raised, not able to express herself or share her emotions and growing up that way. And she's a mother and she went through postpartum depression. And it was like to talk about that with other mothers when other mothers are like loving on their babies and uh, so happy and and you're not and, and feeling shame around that. It's you're right. There's just all these scenarios where we're taught to make it look good and we got to be perfect. And 
there isn't enough space. And I think people are creating more space for the real stuff, which is what, yeah. what I love and what I like to talk about. And yeah, it's so important. And we're talking a lot about how truth creates deeper connection and more vulnerable connections and relationships. Um, what else do you think helps to create that? Yeah. So, so when it comes to like sharing the truth in that, the, the powerful piece about it is being seen, which I think we don't talk about enough in the, in the personal development world. We talk a lot about the inner work, but being seen in, in a way is really healing because of that, of what we weren't safe to show as kids because of what, you know, we didn't feel held in when we, when we showed ourselves. So, yeah. So I just wanted to mention that there's a very different intention in saying like, I want to tell you about this so that you can just witness it as opposed to like, I want to tell you about this so I can excuse myself or keep the story alive. Right. Like we have all these stories and we can believe them and share them to keep them alive or we cannot believe them and share them just to name them. Give us an example. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like, for example, like like telling your partner or your friend, I have a story that if I ask for what I want, it's not going to be given to me. And it makes me feel really like less than. And I just want to share that story to name it so that you, so to let you in like the inner workings of my mind. Like, I know it's not true and I'm, and I'm out in this world, like to prove, to prove it wrong. Um, and this is part of it. I'm telling you to prove that part wrong. Yeah. And I'm telling you just so you know, like what's, what's running the show. Cause we're going to have those stories kind of there all the time. And sometimes, you know, they're, they're louder than other times. So you, you also asked, okay. You asked what was the, what, aside from telling the truth, right. What creates vulnerability? Yes. Okay. Um, there's a lot of things I would say asking for what you want creates vulnerability and, um, receiving. Yeah. Like I think a really big thing is asking for what you want and receiving it. Mm -hmm. It's so simple and people don't, don't really do it enough and asking. And, and you know what people like, I think people ask for what they want and, and it's something that, that we've been talking about a lot. And then what I always encourage people to do is ask for what they want in a way that's really uncomfortable. Like if you want someone to plan a party for you, are you willing to go the next step and ask exactly the kind of food that you want, exactly where you want it to be, exactly, you know, who you want there. We're so afraid of inconveniencing people, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that creates a lot of connection and vulnerability. Yeah. I think you touched on a really good point about the receiving part. It's like, yeah, we're getting better at asking like, okay, this is, I feel like a time where people are asking for what they want, getting in touch and in tune with their desires. And there's like, you spoke of law of attraction and, you know, putting it out there, ask, believe, receive and all the things. Right. And what I find with my clients is the receiving part is very difficult. The allowing it's like, okay, so what I, I want it. And then either gripping or I wanted it and comes and it's like, oh no, I'm not, you know, ready or I'm not enough or it's too much to have, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. There's a few things. I love like making humor out of these things, right? So, so like I was talking to a client the other day who's healing from surgery and mm -hmm. she feels bad that her sister is like taking care of her and feeding her and, you know, helping her out. 
And so I'm like, you feel bad because you want to be a good sister, right? You want to, like, it makes you feel like a terrible person. And she's like, yeah. So I'm like, how terrible person, how terrible of a person are you? If it feels like it's up to you to decide what other people want to do. Like your sister's doing it because she wants to do it, right? So are you saying that she doesn't know what she wants? Like, are you saying that it's up to you? And then that kind of snaps people out like, oh, wait, yeah, I guess I'm like making her smaller by thinking that it's up to me, right? Like she can't do what, like she doesn't have enough power to decide what she wants to do. So in that moment when we can just honor like, oh yeah, that person's doing it because they want, they want to do it. It it helps receive so much more. And it's like, oh, it's not up to me. I'm not in control here. I like, it really is my job to just receive and in receiving I'm giving the opportunity to someone else to give. Yeah, that's so beautiful. You know, I have my clients just practice in the smallest ways also. You know, I'm like, if someone compliments you on your shirt, say thank you. And that's it. Don't talk about how it's from Target, how your dog ripped it and there's a stain on the back and it was like $5. And, you know, it's like, just receive the compliment, you know? Yeah, for sure. And I'll, I'll, I'll give a personal example. So, you know, I, I love that your podcast is about like doing, like having that inspiration to do what you think you can. So I, you know, I'm, I'm a coach now. I have a thriving business and I was talking to my friend about how a couple of years ago, the same month I was crying about not wanting to work. Um, you know, I, I used to be a video producer and I love that because it really, um, allows me to get into my creativity, but it wasn't fully what I wanted to do. So I spent some time between being a video producer and a coach, not working, living at my parents. And I didn't want to work. And I would, I would cry about it. And I really didn't believe that I I could work. I didn't really believe in my ability to make money or to hold a career. So actually the first step in this journey was to allow myself to receive that, like my parents' money and allow myself to receive, um, the care that I was given staying at my dad's. My dad was cooking and paying for rent and my parents were sending me money every month. And so the first step for me in, in receiving is actually looking at where am I receiving already and where am I judging it as the wrong way to receive? Cause if I really want to receive clients and money and abundance, then where am I like discriminating? What's the right way to receive in the wrong way? Like clearly my parents were put into this universe to support me so that I can be this person that I'm out in the world today, helping all these women and everybody else. I love the reframe on that. Makes me want to ask you about your coaching business and making that transition and having the courage to take those steps when you were like, you know, I'm, I'm imagining you're like, I'm living at home I'm back home after being on my own and having this like successful career. My parents are sending me money and I'm inviting people in to coach with me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So actually, okay. So this was right around the time when I, when I started really vulnerably sharing on social media. So my first vulnerable share that I consider like my first share, 
um, was when I shared about having a plot, like that I was applying for like a hundred jobs and I got rejected from like every single one of them. I took a screenshot of all the emails from Indeed, this job searching site that said like, sorry, we can't accept you. And I just talked about that. I was like, this is the experience of applying to a hundred jobs and getting notes. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And it was like a mushed up paragraph. It wasn't even like clearly like clear defined paragraphs. I was like, I need to just rip the bandaid. I need to just share what's happening with me right now in like a messy, ugly state. Because I actually, you know, it, this is, this is funny that like something that I realized that I used to really love writing and I took a bunch of writing classes and all my teachers actually were like, you're a terrible writer. Like you're never going to be able to write. So, so I, I ripped off that bandaid to say like, I can write, I do have something to say. I'm just not even going to edit it. I'm just going to type whatever is there, click send it's on social media. That's, that's how that started. And so when I decided to be a coach, I made a post saying, Hey guys, I'm starting coaching. And just so you know, my parents still financially support me. And it's such a taboo to talk about this. And just you wait and see in like a year or six months from now, it's not going to be the case. I love that. (laughs) Yeah. But it was like so empowering for me to talk about this part that actually like, I did feel shame, ashamed about that. And, and, and there was this thought that's like, who am I to coach people when I don't have my shit together or whatever? Yeah. And I just want to say pretty much every single person I talk to has imposter syndrome you know, carries this thing around, like, I'm going to be found out, or I don't know enough, you know, and right now I am coaching a bunch of women that are starting businesses. And so this conversation comes up a lot. And I love that you're like, I'm a coach, and I'm living with my parents, and they're supporting me. I mean, that just to me is just full on, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's so funny. I, like, I guess I, I am a little extreme in that way, where I'm like, you know, the imposter syndrome is telling you it's not okay to show something. So I'm like, great, let me show it then. Beautiful. Yeah. You know, I was telling my, I was on a call with my clients in my group program last night. And one of the women in the program is doing a workshop and she's feeling it. She's feeling the imposter syndrome creep in. And I looked at her and I said, you know what? You should feel like an imposter. I was like, you've never done this workshop before. Like, this is all new to you. I I was like, why would you feel confident? You shouldn't feel confident. And it just like, like you were saying earlier about like being, bringing humor in or kind of like the shock factor. It was really this beautiful moment where everybody on the screen, they're just like, oh yeah. And everyone started laughing and it was like, she's like, I'm going to get that tattooed on my forehead. So it was really awesome. And it was just a great reminder to me. It's like, we're not going to feel confident. And like, let's just put that into the formula when we start something. Yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. Like I was just talking to someone about how it's like, if we're gonna, if we're meant to love all of ourselves, then can we love even the imposter syndrome in us? Right. By, by just having understanding and compassion and yeah, exactly. And I think it's a great, like, I like to have conversations with the, with the different parts of me and I'm like, okay, you're so cute. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) You're so sweet, you know, for like scaring me a little bit, but I got this. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that. And sometimes it is hard. Sometimes it is hard to get to that point where you can speak to yourself that way. And 
what I found was that whenever I would share a scary truth or let's say like lead a workshop and then be like, oh my God, did I do okay? It's like a withdrawal period. It's like what you would imagine someone feels when they stop taking a drug that's addictive. Mm-hmm. There's that period of time when your body's freaking out and your body's maybe like sweating a lot. You know, it kind of feels like I, I always get this image of a vampire going out into the sun and the sun is burning them like. <laughs> so when I started sharing really vulnerable posts on social media, I would hit send and then I would get overwhelmed by that sensation of like, oh, this discomfort of going out into the sun and feeling burnt. And then that voice would come in that you you mentioned like, oh, it's okay. It's okay. And then I would, it would, it would be okay again, but it, it is a withdrawal period. Like you are detoxing from the people pleasing. Wow. You are detoxing from the people pleasing. I've never heard it put that way. And that just freaking hit me. That's, <laughs> that's what it is, you it know? Is. And, and like in my program, I, you know, teaching women to like put themselves out there and like, whether it be through social media or sending an email or talking to someone about what they do. And what, you know, what we found is they they started having, we call it the expansion hangover, right? It's like, I did this workshop and I talked to three, I had three discovery calls and da, 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 da. And then it's like, oh my gosh, all I want to do is contract. It's like a lot. And I know that when I share vulnerability, like the, one of the first times I, I did a podcast and I shared like some truths, some family truths And I, for like a week, was like so shaking. (laughs) And then it went away. And it was like, I think we build a muscle like going to the gym. It's like you build that vulnerability muscle. Yeah. And you get to practice and do it. And it's like not comfortable, but it's important. And we know it's important or we wouldn't do it or we wouldn't feel the call Mm. to do it. Yeah. It makes me want to ask you about that, like, is there ever a time where it's just too much to share? Mm. Yeah, people ask me that all the time. <laughs> I personally don't think so. I think I think it could be too much to share as an experience. Like I think it is important to take care of yourself and to not go into too big of a hangover, you know? And it's, it's interesting because it, when you ask me, like how do you create more vulnerability in relationships? I really do think, slowing down is so important. And so I think, I think it's important to slow down when you share also Mm. and Mm. to, to make sure that you create a new normal, right? Like you shared, you experienced that detox, you get yourself feeling good again, and then there's a new normal and then you, you live it out a little bit and then, then you go again. Yeah. And one thing that I was sharing with some of my clients that have experienced that expansion or vulnerability hangover, I've said, build in time afterward with like your sisters or with your community, you know, to be like, okay, this happened and have this, these other people to back you when Mm -hmm. it feel you're feeling wobbly in the knees, you know? Yeah. You know, especially when we have that expansion contract, like the contraction after the expansion, I hear so many women who are like, I should feel happy. Like, why don't I feel happy? And so there's that, there's even more pressure. Mm-hmm. Like you're, con- it's like, imagine a little girl in a ball and you're just like yanking at her to open as opposed to coming to her and being like, what do you need? Right. So we don't ask ourselves, what do you need enough? That's what I find with most people for, that's for myself. 
when I'm, when I've expanded a lot and things are going great and I'm feeling down, my question is, what do I need right now? That's the exact moment where I want to eat something yummy, watch rom-coms, get a massage, spend time with friends. Like, how do I take care of myself in this moment? And that's, that's what gets me back in the feeling happy about things. Yeah. And I think that's an important point because we can sometimes feel like because we feel bad or we feel uncomfortable, icky, embarrassed, whatever comes up, right? That contraction, the down, that what we did wasn't right or what we did wasn't aligned. When really I find that sometimes the most aligned things are the most uncomfortable things. It can be the right answer for you. It can be the right next step. I mean, all steps are the right next step. And it doesn't mean because it's right or because it's aligned that it's going to feel happy and you're going to feel joy and it's going to go flawlessly. Right. Yeah. So take care of yourself in that moment because a very old part in you gets woken up. And so just make sure like we're a machine, we're soul, mind, body. So how do you, how can you take care of yourself in that way, in that moment? while you're having any kind of tantrum or any kind of freak out, you know? Yeah. And I know one of the things that you like to speak on is Mm self-love. And I, this kind of makes me think that self-love is really important here. Like to be taking care of yourself and knowing what you need and nurturing yourself. And I want you to speak on (laughs) self-love. One of the quotes that changed my life a couple of years ago was hearing um, these two guys um, that, that their company's called Satori Prime. Um, anyway, they're somatic coaches and they said this thing that's like, it's not about feeling better. It's about getting better at feeling. Mm. And I really thought about that in a relational sense of like, how can I create space for all the feelings in a relationship? And it's not about always feeling better in a relationship. It's also not about me always feeling better. That's not self-love. And then it also had me think about Carolyn Elliott, who wrote Existential Kink. She says that the truth is sensational. When you tell the truth, you, the, your senses get awakened, right? Whether that's a sinking feeling or an expansion or tingling. And so to bring those two together, like, that's being human. Like I want to, I want to be the kind of human that feels it all. I want to be the kind of human that, that can like sensually experience it all. I want to feel alive. And to me, allowing myself to feel all the feelings and like experiencing all the sensations that to me is being alive. Mm -hmm. And I've experienced men hear me say vulnerable, gross truths about feelings, right? Like, those things that feel yucky, like, oh, this is too vulnerable. And like witness them feel turned on by it, first of all. And like just honored and um, and lit up because it's like nothing is more attractive and exciting than like experiencing someone fully expressed, right? And fully feeling and fully sensing. Yeah. And when I, when I witnessed that, when I witnessed men um feel turn on and connected and um like touched by witnessing me 
like express those feelings, it really um, rewired all of these stories that I heard growing up around what, you know, what it takes to be a woman that's attractive or a woman that can, yeah, be in a relationship. Yeah. There's so much gold in there. And you talked about like fully feeling the feels, you know, really fully feeling. And, and I never really associated that with self-love. I mean, what I'm thinking about is for many years, I thought I was feeling. Mm. I I thought I was feeling, you know, I was like, yeah. And for many years I was drinking, Mm. drinking a lot, like, you know, not like alcoholic status or to, to the point where like I was ruining my life, but like, I know that like to feel comfortable at a party or to wind down from a busy day of calls, you know, a glass of wine, but like it was happening often, right? From 12 years old, 12, 13 years old till like a few years ago. And I remember I stopped drinking for like two or three years and I started feeling so much that it was overwhelming. I was feeling all this anxiety and it was the pandemic. You know, there was like, it started before the pandemic, but in the pandemic is when I was really like sitting with myself because I wasn't running around in my car to yoga studios, teaching classes and, you know, having wine at night. I was so overwhelmed with my feelings thinking something wrong with me. Do I have like anxiety? (laughs) You know, Um, do I need to get on medication? Like what's going on? And one day it hit me, I was like, I'm just feeling everything where before I would like mask it with having a drink. Right. And that whole journey of, because I will drink now, but like at that whole journey of being off of alcohol for a few years, um, I feel like was another layer to my self-love and caring for myself and being in tune with myself and just feeling what was going on and feeling the shitty days and being in it and not running away from it and just sitting in the shit sometimes, you know, and I feel like that is, is self-love, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cause it's like, you're allowing your body and your spirit to do what it, what it naturally wants to do. And you're feeling the truth that comes back to truth. Like. Yeah, exactly. It comes back to that. For me, like anger is a really big, was, it was always a really big one. I, I thought I felt anger, right? Like you, like I really thought I was connected to my anger. And then I realized all the places in my life where I was expressing the anger at volume five, not volume 10, because anger is one of those things that we see as dangerous to express, or I saw as dangerous to express, especially because I grew up being so defensive. And like, even, even further back than that, I was a little girl that threw a lot of tantrums. Mm. And it would all, and like what I remember from that is how it would ruin things, right? It would ruin my birthday parties. It would ruin the mood. It would make my parents unhappy. So as an adult, I wasn't expressing anger at the volume that I genuinely would want to express it at. And I've taken like specific trainings where I've seen how healing it can be when the anger comes up to like actually punch a pillow or scream, like really let it out at the volume that it wants to be let out. And, and seeing how, if it's not directed towards someone, then, then there's no danger there. There's no harm done. It can actually be really vulnerable again and healing to let someone see you express anger at level 10. Um, and one of the teachers, um, one of, one of my teachers 
taught me how every emotion has an orgasm. And so we, we rarely let emotions like get to that peak, right? We like express it very little, but we don't allow ourselves to like fully get there and get the orgasm and then come back down. <laughs> I feel that. That is amazing. I love that. And you're right. Like I think about, um, growing up, it was all we did was yell and scream. And I was just angry my whole, like until I was 18, 19, I was just angry. And there was a lot of yelling, screaming and fighting every single day in my house from a little kid. It's all I remember. So when I left, I was like, I am never feeling that way again. I'm never going to surround myself with people that communicate that way, that bring that out in me. And for like 20 years plus, I avoided my anger. And I remember having a a coach, an intuitive coach, Laura Pringle, and she helped me get in touch with it. And I still, I was still like, I was like at a level zero and then working with her, I think I got to like a three or four. It was so, so hard to access because I stuffed it down so far and I had really made a decision to like that, that muscle atrophied. I was like, it was dead. And like Mm -hmm. the last few years, I've been tapping in and tuning into my anger and doing the swamping, the hitting the pillows and raging to loud music and all of that. And it it is really important to let those parts out the parts that we really want to hide away. Yeah, totally. And, and, you know, a lot of, a lot of like the, the question that people have a lot specifically with therapy is like, what's the point of talking about the past? Right. I wouldn't say that there's a point in talking about the past. I would say there's a point in releasing the feelings that were stuck in the past. Um, and as a recovering people pleaser, there was many times in my childhood where I felt anger towards my mom that I didn't fully allow myself to express because I felt bad. You know, it was like, how can I feel angry with my mom? And I have a lot of clients that feel the same, like, oh, my mom and I were best friends. And so what, what's missing there is allowing space for the anger that you felt towards your mom to come out when you don't let it out and you let it out in other places. Mm. So that's why it's important to go back and see like, okay, where, in, where in my childhood did I feel anger towards my parents and I didn't fully let it out. Mm. Um, and that was a really big part of my journey of, wow, working through the guilt that I felt around feeling angry towards my mom for certain things that happened in childhood. And then, and it, but, it, but at the other side of that was releasing the anger. Um, so if you're listening and if you have struggles around feeling your power, or if you have, um, issues in like your gut or your uterine tract, all of that, that's all symptoms of not being in touch with your anger and repressing it Mm. as our anger is such an access to our power. Yeah. And I think you bring up such a great point about like, you know, showing anger or expressing the anger that you have towards people that you love. And recently I was doing some work with Kyle Mercer. Mm -hmm. You just interviewed him on your podcast, right? Yeah. He's a close friend. I love Kyle. Yeah. I'm studying inquiry method with him right now. And so he was doing some work with me around anger with my mom, but my mom passed away. And so I felt like I couldn't, and I feel like we've healed a lot of stuff. And so it was this feeling of guilt. Like, well, I can't 
express anger towards a dead person, my mother, you know, that, that died. And, and it was a really interesting process that he took me through where I released all this anger that I still had. And, and then it was gone, you know, it was like, it, it was, I was lighter. It felt so good. And it was like, it didn't hurt her. You know, it was just, right. I wasn't saying she was bad. I would, it was just like you said, this stored stuff, we have stored stuff and it doesn't matter if it's right or wrong or if the person deserves it. It's, it's exactly. true. Like it's not anger is ours. Like aggression, violence, like that's when it comes out on someone else where our anger is ours. And, um, and it's not wrong to feel anger towards people. Yeah. Or like, yeah, that's, you know, it's so, it sounds so simple, but, but like, I definitely didn't think that, you know, I totally thought that it was wrong to feel anger towards my mom or towards um, anybody else that I deeply loved. I mean, it takes courage. It took me a lot of courage to, to bring up my anger. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember she also, the coach I was telling you about before that I worked with um, Laura, she had me get in touch with my hate because it was like growing up, we were not allowed to, we could probably, I mean, I'm not going to say we could say fuck, but I think if we did say like fuck or damn or shit or something, I don't think we would have gotten as much uh, in in trouble as much as, but we could not say hate. Hate was like totally banned. And so, you know, she had me get in touch with my hate and I had a, a hate journal and I would write down like, you know, daily if I felt the the hate. And it was just an interesting practice because now, like, you know, if Bodhi says he hates something, I think of my son, my eight-year-old son, or expresses anger or whatever, I'm like here for it. I'm like, let yeah. it out. <laughs> yes. I'm like, can you scream louder? You know? <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Oh, this is like so fun. This conversation. I did not expect it to, to, yeah. I didn't think we'd be talking about anger orgasms. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what I love about these. You never know where, where, where they're going to take you. Yeah. <laughs> is there anything else that you love to talk about? Anything that like is like that you just want to share with people that are listening that you think would rock their world today or a little piece of wisdom that could blow someone's mm-hmm. mind. Yeah. So it's a little bit going back to truth, but uh, an angle that a lot of people wouldn't think of, which is that I, I personally really value having a practice that connects me to my inner child. Like I really love listening to the kind of mu- the music that I listened to when I was little um, dancing and singing in the ways that I loved to when I was little, like, making it a practice to get in touch with a very young part of me. Cause that gets me connected to my truth. That reminds me who I am. That connects me to my joy, my spontaneity, my creativity. Um, it makes, it helps me not take life so seriously. It's like my favorite form of self-care. Speaking of self-care, like I, 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 I just asked myself, like, how can I connect with little tonight today? Hmm. I love that. I think about it. It's making me think about my little girl and I feel like my little girl, and I want to share this in case someone's listening, going like, when I was a little girl, I didn't, I wasn't happy or I didn't dance around in a frilly little dress. You know, I, I, um, I think I was, a, I was like sad and angry a lot. <laughs> and so what, when you were talking about that, I thought mine would probably be like, 
just journaling and getting, having more quiet with my little girl with connect me to my truth. So just wanted to share like a different Mm. version of connecting with your little one. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I have, I'm sure I had happy times, but I think I blocked them all out. (laughs) (laughs) I hear that. I was, I was, I mean, for me, I was, I was very depressed also when I was little, very insecure. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Very insecure. Very, um, didn't feel like I was okay the way that I am. So, so that, yeah, like even more so, you know, that's, that's why I find it really important to connect to her. Yeah. It's beautiful. Thank you so much. This really, I, I wasn't expecting some of the things we talked about and I feel so pleased with our conversation. (laughs) I wanted you to talk about anything you have coming up so that people can like get to know you more or learn from you more. I mean, definitely fall tonight on Instagram because she, she makes the best reels and she's always dropping the bombs and yeah. (laughs) Anything else that you want to share tonight? Yeah. um, I'm going to be leading a free three hour workshop in um june of it's called unapologetic um and it's all about helping you feel more free and confident to be authentic and vulnerable in your relationships um and yeah i have i have a three-month program called unapologetic so this is kind of like the three-hour taste um that you can get awesome i'll definitely put the link for this workshop in the show notes and your Instagram and website and all the things. So if anybody wants to get in touch with Tanai, I'm sure she'll like be excited to answer your DMs. If you have any questions, like I said before, um, when I introduced her, she's been supporting me this month in my communication and expression and very grateful to you for that tonight. Yeah. And I just think you bring such a light to the world and you, you said something I, in my questionnaire to you, my form to you, I said like, what, you know, do you, what's the takeaway, you know, that you want people to have? And you wrote, you can't wait for the world to show you it's a safe place for your truth. You make the world a safe place for you by telling the truth in it. Mm. I thought that was just so beautiful. Mm, thank you. Yeah. It's, it's a line that I, that I, that was inspired by Elizabeth Gilbert, who's also another one of my <laughs> one of my queens. <laughs> and I think it's a perfect place to end. And so to all of you, we invite you to share more of your truth, find community that backs you, practice with your sisters, your brothers, and grow that muscle. It can be strengthened just like anything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would I would add like you're a powerful creator. You're creating the world around you. You're going to keep creating a world where it's not safe to tell your truth. Yeah, yeah. If you continue to hide it. So go out there, share your truth and prove to yourself that you can create a world where it's safe to do so. Beautiful. Thank you tonight. Thank you so much for being here today. If you feel like you're looking for extra support, don't hesitate to reach out to me. This is what I do. I help women get unstuck and move into the next chapter of their life with so much courage, so much confidence and clarity. You can head to my website, claudiawhitney.com or jump into my DMs on Instagram at with.claudiawhitney. All right, here's to taking those small steps and making huge shifts happen in your life. Be well and much love.